We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special news. We interrupt this program to bring you this important bulletin from the United States. This is not a test. Every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network will bring you The Poor Rapport, your one-stop podcast shop for everything news and topics of personal interest. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and you can hear me every Tuesday. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Podcast about everything nerd with your hosts Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake, or have we? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 171. I am your host, Nate. And I want to first and foremost say Merry Christmas. I hope you're having a great holiday. Today joining me, as always, the Groot to my Rocket Raccoon. How you doing, Brando? Mm, Groot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Brando's a little under the weather today, folks. So if you hear sniffles or coffees, he apologizes in advance. We're really appreciative that he's uh, still coming into the office today to put something down. Uh, but we've all been there. We know what it's like. So, Brando, how is it going, buddy, other than being sick? Well, I'm doing better than yesterday and the day before. I was very feverish, very just falling asleep about every five minutes. I feel asleep. I did feel asleep, and uh, I, feel, I feel asleep a lot. And to the point of where, like, yesterday, lay down to take a nap um, after we got back from my doctor appointment, uh, which ironically had nothing to do with me being sick, but... I digress, get back and uh, lay down. She wakes me up when he gets up, which thankfully, uh, well, not thankfully, was like only like 20 minutes to a half hour. And I got very upset and very like, what? I didn't even, oh, I just want to just go away. You and then that one hour nap. Well, like he wanted to come in and see me. Oh. So I had to be, so I had to be power dad, you know, and power through it. And then he, like, was in the bed and then decided to climb on me. My entire body and joints were, like, a whole, like, bucket of no. <laughs> like, it just nothing. A bucket of no. <laughs> whole bucket of no. Then There was just, like, like even just moving my hand. I mean, I, I felt so much older than what I am. And it just, it had to have been a touch of the flu. Thankfully, I have not, um, you know evacuated my stomach or bowels or anything or any combination of there there of sort uh i have come close picture you've painted our audience yeah hey what do you know it's that's what i'm here for great um but uh yeah last last few days i've been very miserable today i woke up feeling awesome other than i have a cough i have stuff i my sinuses aren't as bad but i do have stuff like down in my down in my lungs and so I have a whole thing of cough drops over here. We're going to power through this show because it's a very special episode for us. I mean, it's our first episode that's ever landed on Christmas Day. So I definitely want to be here for that. It was not, I was not about to let you go alone for this. And, of course, we have stuff to talk about. Follow-up from the Star Wars uh, awesome episode that we did for episode 170. I feel like it's one of our better episodes in a long time. Um, I'm very, very proud of the episode, especially since it took me... 
three and a half hours to edit that episode. Man, we had some technical difficulties at your house. It was just a, a weird one in regards to the podcast, how things happened. I cannot believe I forgot to bring a cable. And since we're here mentioning on the podcast, somewhere on your floor is my GoPro cable. It's definitely at your place somewhere. You'll find it later. Yeah, uh, we'll have to, I'll have to hunt for it. And, and uh, while I got you on the call here before we uh, go home today and try to like, is this it? Is this, is this it? One? <laughs> is this it? You have so um, many ca- I was actually worried to tell you that a cable of mine was missing in your room because of the amount of cables that are in your room. Is this it? Is it short? It's exactly that. I can see it right there. It says oh, GoPro. Wow. It, it's awesome because I didn't know what this was. First try. <laughs> That's exactly my cable, bro. Awesome. Great news. Woo! But yeah, we had the issue with a uh, with a cable to a point where I actually we actually started and went for about twenty minutes, and it was causing so much of a row. Uh, in our audio that we just stopped and started again and there were still some issues with it hopefully you guys will never ever know uh, hopefully I didn't miss any I haven't gone back and listened to the whole episode because I pretty much had to listen to the entire thing again and stop and edit and then go and then go and then stop and then edit and then go so um, on, on last week's episode we had uh, podcast review host right here on the Journey to Comics Network uh, Dick Tyner and our good friend uh, Tyler McLaughlin, who has been on Podcastrophy, Game Addicts, and now Journey to Comics. God, become, he, he bought it. his own mic, dude. He bought his own mic and cable. Yes, he killed it, bro. And, oh, yeah. Um, so what we had was, like, the cable or the microphone. I don't know if it was both because, dude, like, after I gave him the new cable, it would still do it. So I think it might be the microphone. Oh, no. I hope not, but... It wasn't well, doing you, it on. It wasn't doing it on mine, if you remember. Yeah, and have you had problems on Game Addicts with it doing it? Not on Game Addicts, but on but on butt stuff we did, because I had to go through on theirs and edit theirs as well. Weird. At least mm. over there, it wasn't nearly as bad, because Nate, it did the little <laughs> mid sentence for uh. Tyler, and he said, "I nudged him." It was something about Star Wars. I I can't remember. He's showing them. It, it might have been about spoiler, some, maybe some books or something. Okay. I think you know what I'm talking about, Nate. Yes. Hopefully nobody, if, if if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. And hopefully if you haven't seen the movie yet, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? No idea. They have no clue. Okay. We're good. So, and it was just, I couldn't do anything to it. I tried everything. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Let's go back. Two minutes prior, he said... I nudged him. And then he went off into a tangent and he came back and said, I nudged him again. You know, he said that again. But the difference is the first time he said it, he he spaced the words out longer. So I went over there, copied that, brought it down, brought it back over, muted when he said it before. She had to shrink it down a little bit, move it back a little bit. And when you play it through, it's almost like you didn't miss a dang thing and you'll never notice it. Unless you you know what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. I, I was like, I hope this works. I hope it works because when I first put it there, it didn't work. Like it's still podcasting woes, bro. Uh, because it didn't really work out right. But that episode, I'm so proud of it because hopefully it's it's pretty smooth. The only funny thing is, is that Blaine was telling a story. Blaine, as in Dick. Um, I know him as Blaine because that's what he introduced to himself Same. At, at work. So, like you know, everywhere everybody else knows him at, at like in local town and music scene knows him as Dick. But he's Blaine to me. Um, me too. So, 
he was telling a story about Avatar, going to see Avatar. And then he trailed off and stopped when the really loud noise happened. And because then you're like, Brando, there's something weird going on here. It's like whistling at me. And then we went on for another two minutes, but literally that next few minutes really didn't add a lot to the episode. It, it added more on to what the Avatar thing, which really wasn't the focus because it was more of a tangent, really. So yeah. what I did, it was right after he said that, I cut it off to where we come back. And it's it's so funny because the way that Blaine cuts his sentence off makes it look like I am like saying, enough of this tangent, we're moving on. <laughs> and my voice sounds a little irritable because oh, I'm irritated great. at the at the cable, I'm ir- at the mic. I don't know what's going on. Um, so uh, if you guys listen, listen to that, I'm not cutting him off. I even asked him, I'm like, did you have more of that story? He goes, no. I'm like, good, because it sounds like I just, just like a dick, no pun intended, come in and cut you off um, and just say, no, we're moving on here. No more Avatar talk. But... Nate, I received a hell of a compliment. Sure. Uh, on our Instagram. And I love interaction with our listeners and fans. Uh, yeah. So I actually want to, like, since they replied and since they got back with us. And where was it? There was a comment. It's on the most recent post. Yeah, but it's not there now Now, like, now that I look at it. Oh, there it is. It is from the Covert Nerd Podcast on Instagram. And they said, great episode. Brando has so much passion and knowledge about the Star Wars universe. And that, that really hit me right here. Because Brando feels, man. Because you well, because do. I do. I do. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I probably have more passion about Star Wars than I do about any comic book, any comic book character or, or hero, villain. Like, Star Wars trumps that to me. And so, like, pretty much Star Wars is the only thing that I'm passionate about uh, other than like paranormal investigating, which I haven't done in a long time, that I don't have a podcast about. Yeah. So you know, I'm not saying I will, but there's always a chance that you know, um, <laughs> maybe that uh, you know, podcast racer uh, will happen or something. Pod racing, podcast racer. Oh, I see. I see you what know, you did ep- there. Episode oh, one. That's great. I think you would just call it the pod racer, right? Yeah, the pod racer. I don't know, dude. Um, it just it would be really cool or track side for pod racing because it, think about it even when there's not movies going on even if you don't maybe you do like i don't know weekly would be a little difficult i think for me monthly would be easy monthly would be easy um especially to to do like a news roundup for what's been going on and everything and then it, then every time they drop a film it'd be really big you know you know, we do have a Patreon where we can give exclusive content. Maybe You're we right. can have an exclusive Star Wars podcast exclusively on our Patreon. Maybe, you know, maybe I, I have an idea for that. Okay, well, maybe we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> or maybe yeah. we can, t- I don't care, I don't care, I don't, whatever. But you yeah, know I w- want to thank the Covert Nerd Podcast for... For, for listening and for that comment because uh, I I hope it does come off that I'm very passionate about Star Wars. A lot of fans are, you know, but uh, I really dug our episode on that. So if you guys haven't heard that yet, it's already real pretty high up there with our plays, dude, for the last 30 days. It's, it's, it's the second most downloaded in the past month, and it's the, I think, third most downloaded in the past three months That's awesome. for us. 
Yeah, it's doing. It's tracking really nicely. Oh, it's actually second in the last three months. Uh, that so that's really awesome, and I guess it's a testament to what we talked about. I think we we covered the spread. There was so much there. I was really grateful to have seen it a second time, and then to be able to speak on it because I felt a lot more knowledgeable and like <laughs> the things. Well, it was just like. Oh. I'm sorry. My brain is like when I hear sometimes and I hear you or anybody say something, my brain will say something like <laughs> not necessarily in response, but you're like uh, you said I was so excited to speak on it. So I, I, I heard in my head. Oh, I went, oh, yo, yo, yo. Let me speak on this. Orale. Arriba yes. la raza. Awesome. Conan. I knew you were referencing that. That's great. He just couldn't. He just couldn't contain his excitement for Star Wars. I was so excited about Star Wars, and like I said, it was great to see it a second time. I loved getting to watch your guys' reactions to hear it for the first time. And you know, seeing the movie with you was really cool. I don't really react a whole lot to movies, uh, if you noticed. I, like, I'm, I'm usually like, I'm, I'm sucked in. Yes. Now, Blaine, on the other hand, he's like miming. He's pantomiming stuff. Yes, he is. And he's jumping, and he's reacting. At one uh, point, I thought he started to do Gungam style. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing in your seat? I think he was trying to, and then it was, you know, there's that whole scene that we won't spoiler. Which, by the way, for those of the people that listened to yesterday's Best of the Week, no spoilers in that. We made sure to not put any Star Wars spo- A lot of Star Wars talk on the network last week. No spoilers there, folks. Just wanted that's, to give everyone's a heads up. That's a great um, thing because when we were designing, when I was thinking about the episode from 170, uh, I did so now that we do the best of the week thing. I'm like, we need to have a segment that uh, that negates that because that's the last thing that I want to do is obviously if you're going to check out Journey into Comics. I, I didn't put spoilers in the description. Maybe I should have, but maybe I just sort of thought it was like, the episode's called The Last Jedi. It's coming out the Monday after the movie came out. Obviously. I'm like, <laughs> if anybody listens to the episode says, I got spoiled. It's like, well, it's it's a two-hour podcast talking about The Last Jedi. How are we going to do two hours? Anyway, I'm really happy and I'm really proud of you for being able to do that because that is something that I had thought of uh, and, and thought of with that episode in mind, which is why we talked about uh, the Disney Fox stuff. In our segment, uh, is that the one? Is that the one that you, that you used for that? Yeah, the Disney Fox stuff for our segment, right? Because I, I I said let's do that first. Let, let's pan that out. Let's because I mean there's only so much to say on that anyway, and it's probably going to be about the length of a like that we used for the clip anyway, and then we could just go full bore into the spoilers, and then it's like a little bit of a even if you did come in and didn't know that that that, that this was going to be spoilers, we did give you a countdown. Uh, and then if you didn't shut it off by the time one hit, you got spoiled on something big. <laughs> I, ju- I jumped the gun a little bit. I was excited. <laughs> I got a little too excited. I don't know. It was weird. It was one of those in-the-moment things. Uh, one thing I should also mention, we're talking about catching up and whatnot here. Uh, I had a little bit of a, a – I guess you'd call this a little bit of a tragedy happen in my family this week as our 10-year-old computer tragically died. And uh, that computer literally edited almost every journey into comics we've ever done that I've had anything to do with. Anything I've edited for the network was done almost exclusively on that 
on that all-in-one PC. So it was sad. Luckily, we got the hard drive out. Luckily, luckily, we've got some friends who have some cool techie shit that we can hook up to another computer, which we're using right now, Veronica's computer. She's so graciously letting us borrow so I can imminently be editing things like the best of the week in this show and whatnot. So uh, so that happened, and that was sucky, and uh, hopefully there's some uh, some cool stuff in the near future coming in the, in that regard that will uh, allow me to do this editing stuff a lot quicker. Because that's the goal, is to be able to do everything with ample speed. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing I will say about the all-in-one is sometimes she took a long time to edit those Audacity files down. You do a mix and render, and it should be only like 30 seconds, and it would be like 7 minutes and 45 mm -hmm. seconds, you know? You know, even on my PC, which is a lot newer than yours and has, you know, has, has, has a good run, I think it would take sometimes... For the longer episodes, about two or three minutes. So, yeah, see, like, and it was double or triple that sometimes. Right, and see, for the Star Wars, we only had four tracks. Five, if you include that one track that I created just so I could paste the I Nudged Him line. Yep. And that way, I, that way I could use that. Um, but, man, that was, that was a long and grueling episode to edit. So proud of it. You know, hopefully we'll get you another PC and another uh, something else to be able to edit on. Maybe, maybe yeah. something that's powerful enough to to edit some video stuff as well. Oh, um, that would be incredible. Well, because I I think you're in talks to possibly purchase one, and uh, if if I know him and what he likes to buy, he he kind of likes to buy kind of kind of top notch stuff. All he, the bells and whistles. He likes that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that it should be more than enough to run Pinnacle. If I could find the stuff that I have, because I my pinnacle is a bit old, I need to update it. Yeah. So I'm thinking around tax time. I'm gonna up update my pinnacle. I actually need to update my PC altogether. Um, which we've actually looked at, but time will tell if that's gonna happen because the ones that we're looking at are over a thousand dollars to buddy. be able to do. Um, what I wanted to do because I want to do streaming stuff. Uh, of course, we tried to do that a little bit a few episodes ago. And uh, it's there, and it it worked technically. The video and audio is a bit off, but I don't know if it was just a stream or if it was me downloading it because I had to download it in a workaround way and then recropping an intro onto it, which that was just such a uh, – I made that intro in like five seconds. So I'm like, I, 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 I here, boom, boom, boom. Done, done, done. Okay, so we're good. What's funny is that, you know, for our intro, we, it's a tribute to Adam West. And we yes, just, it is. You know, we, we, we've left it, and I think we're just probably going to leave that for a good while because I like it. Me too. And so I, ha I had the sound effect, a little like, you know, from the, from like the old Batman series. And what's funny is that I went and I downloaded a video clip, but I had to mute it because it tried to play it twice. So, <laughs> so then I had to match it up. With the other audio file, it, it's and it's actually not perfect. I don't know if you could tell, but I you know what? It, tell. It's there, and we're going to work out the kinks to be able to get a more live uh, stream there for that way. It's a little bit more like at least you can see our faces, and it was our very first attempt for that at all. So I think it went relatively well, all things considered. That was one sixty nine home gardening with Negan. Get yeah, that on our YouTube. Uh, just in case people forgot that YouTube is a thing you can use to check us out. Uh, it's really nice, too, because all the episodes go up there. But, Brando, I want to throw a little tiny preamble of Marvel-y comic book news just fast-tracking here. 
before we get into kind of the meat and potatoes of a lot of what we're going to be doing today. Uh, quickly, the creator of Thanos has left Marvel, uh, Jim Starlin. It's under his own terms. So uh, I don't really know what to say about this other than it's kind of crazy because it's like right before Thanos is going to officially be a full screen, you know, full character on his big screen debut. Uh, and, and there's some falling out, which actually didn't ha have anything to do with Marvel itself. There was another editor that I guess he's just really unhappy with some of the choices this guy has made and maybe running a story that's similar to something that Jim Shooter had been working on for a lot longer. And this guy maybe short tracked a similar story for someone else, you know, uh, but I digress. That's a little bit of crazy news in the Marvel comic world. To move it over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe world, <clears throat> you know, we've got Disney just bought Fox. Well, part of Fox. We're going to get all these cool new characters. But we've got some wrap-ups going on on the flip side of this because Vision and Scarlet Witch, that's Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen, have wrapped filming Avengers 4. So whatever their role in the movie is at this point is done. They only they know where their fate is at the end of the MCU at this point, and even still, I guess they probably might not know their fate because crazy edits and alternate scenes being filmed and swerve scenes and stuff. It's it's bizarre how they do that. Now, one thing the reason I kind of put that here was because Paul Bettany is also apparently in the Solo movie, the Han Solo movie. Yeah, yeah. He said it's gonna play more like a gangster film. Kind of makes sense, you know, yeah. but with the character that Han Solo is, he's, I mean, he's involved with a lot of gangsters and, you know, shady guys, so. Yeah, he, he is, and it's, uh, I don't know, I'm excited to see the Solo movie and see what happens in all of that, where exactly will this movie take place in the universe it will forever change machete order, no matter how you slice it. I kind of love machete order. It's really it's it's a fun workaround. Uh, at some point, though, I do think I want to try to attempt to watch them chronologically. Well, I mean, there's always that way. Uh, I've always like I don't really watch the prequels uh, unless I have to. Unless I I haven't watched them since before the Force Awakens. I want to say. Um, and I think I started, uh, I think that time I went chronological, I went with one and it worked all the way up to six. But typically, I, I've always thought that, like, you know, you know, I mean, Machete Order works, but it's also, like, narratively, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, because if you think of, like, he, Luke gets told by, by Vader that I'm your father. I, I'm Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And Luke is like, no, it's not true. And then Vader's like, search your feelings. He's like, no! Bastard! <laughs> you know, that's actually Mar Marty McFly, but <laughs> you can actually interject him. <laughs> um, because Anakin is a bastard. He didn't have a father. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was yeah. great. Anyway, hey. it's like he knows, but he needs the validation. So in Return of the Jedi, he goes to Yoda is like, is he? So he tells me he could be deceiving me. Is he? And Yoda's like, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, no, nope, nope, nope. And then he's like, Yoda, I must know. And Yoda's like, I'm gonna die, dude. You really want? Come on, 
Not the last thing I want to remember of my, of my living days. So, yeah, he tells him. And then it, it, it's, like a, it's, like, it's like a truth that hits him a second time. You know? Because there was the initial impact and the shock. Now that the shock is gone and Yoda confirms it, it's like he's got to deal with the ramifications. So, like, um, whereas as a fan you could use it as, like, a flashback to get Vader's story before that, I mean, the original trilogy is done in such a way where you don't need it. At Correct. all, um, and if you're going at, along the lines of like Lucas reaching out with the Force to to get the background on his dad, that narratively wouldn't make sense until after the Yoda scene, or or, or at least the like the Obi Wan scene, or or, or or whatever. Maybe when he's traveling back. So, I mean, but I mean, t- to each his own. I mean, whoever, however you want to watch the movies is however you want to watch the movies. Um, I personally, it's just like man. I just would rather leave the prequels alone because you don't need them in a sense. It's like, yes, there's there's plenty of good stuff in those movies. Um, the the storytelling is not as powerful as the moments. I heard that today in, in, in regards to something completely different. It's like the storytelling was not very good, but there were some damn good moments. And really, if you ask me, I, I actually think the storytelling got better in episode three because they actually had to wrap everything up. They actually had to tell the story of Anakin's downfall. So... From that point of view, from right there, like that would be the only one that is absolutely necessary to watch because you see Anakin, who's has character development, but it's like slim and none for for the movies. He has more character development in the, in the Clone Wars cartoon than he does in any of them. Yep. Um. So then, so negate that if you're never going to watch the cartoon. Just 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 take where he is in Episode Three. Take where. Palpatine is, and it's like narratively before all those, you don't even need him. So really, you could the machete order, if you will, but only really need Episode Three, unless you like, because he, and even like uh, Count Dooku, how much screen time does he have in Episode in Episode Two? I mean, if people want to start like, you know, with all the stuff that's been going around about about this movie about screen time, think about all the other Star Wars movies of the past and how imperfect those like those movies are. And like for like for example, the, the the amount of screen time of Django Fett, the amount of screen time of Dooku, you know, we uh, we 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 spend time with Obi Wan Kenobi in a 1950s style diner. Oh God, that scene on the Rishi Maze. It old friend Obi Wan. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh this episode because it's gonna send me to a coughing fit. But Dax, literally, yeah. uh, but literally, I just I get it because I mean Lucas loves that. That's him like putting a little bit of like sprinkle of what stuff I love, you know, and, and into it. It doesn't kill the movie, but you sit there and you just kind of scratch your head at it. And so, I mean, there's that. But I, we tangented off into something. I don't know. I'm not even sure where, like where we went. We were talking about Han Solo movie and just how oh, it's yeah, a gangster movie. But, you know, we're, we, we are moving forward today. The title of this episode is <laughs> Journey into Comics 171, episode uh, hate. And uh, we're going to talk about it, Brando. This is the most divisive Star Wars movie. You know, we didn't, we really weren't in the thick of it, I think, when we recorded our episode. We were more talking about the actual movie and not all the stuff surrounding the movie. So I'd already um, seen it. I've already, I, before I even saw the movie, I saw people online complaining. And I was yeah. seeing, I was seeing like um, viewer reviews, 
And I agree, this is really divisive. And it's difficult for me to see everything. Because because a lot of their a lot of their things that they're nitpicking, it's nitpicking. You're choosing to nitpick. And I think some people don't uh they how do I word this, Brando? It's like they were dissatisfied that the fan theory they came up with mm-hmm. wasn't what Lucas went with. It wasn't Ray Who? Palpatine. Lucas or Lucasfilm. I was talking I was gonna about. say, like George, oh my no. gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't give it back to George. Did but you hear no, about did you hear that he loved it? Oh no, I didn't, but I'm actually not surprised. Yeah, from everything because he was critical of Force Awakens. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, he was. He wasn't hundred percent thrilled. But apparently wasn't the movie he would have made. Apparently Ryan Johnson uh shook his hand after the you know screening and Lucas told him that he told him that he loved it. He thought it was great. And if if you think about it, Star Wars fans are the most fickle sons of bitches. They're never satisfied. The, Nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. I know. I mean, and I said this before. Like one of my most least and here, okay, we're gonna talk about Star Wars. We've been dancing around it, so let's just say spoilers from here on in, guys. If you've been listening to the show, you still haven't seen this movie. I want to be saved. We're gonna talk about it. So three, two, one. Stop now. Okay, good. I gave you a bigger chance than we did last time. Okay, so this movie deviated from from the path. This this movie deviated from the typical trilogy path, and there there are hints of, of Empire Strikes Back. There's also hints of Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, it's like two and one. This movie's so freaking long, but I am not a huge fan, and I can't wait to my second viewing to see if I feel the same way still of of what I call the side quest, and that is Finn and Rose going to Casino Planet. It, I didn't really like the feel of it, and then I didn't like the way that it just sort of like, narratively, they could have done the exact same thing, and had there have been, because they introduced a possible spy on the ship, and they could have had that whole thing without them leaving the ship, where the, the quote, spy on the ship is the Kai, is the Resistance's code breaker, that they convinced to go with them and go over there. Instead of leaving the ship, going off into light speed somewhere else, coming all the way back, doing this whole process to get screwed over. It's just, that is my least favorite part of the film. It's not a terrible part of the film, because I actually don't believe anything in this movie is terrible. But that's the only part of it that was like, this narratively from a script perspective did not need to happen. It almost feels like a movie within a movie. So I have a, th- a reason behind that thought. The reason they went to um, do the gambling side quest. Okay, first of all, I don't know if you know this, but it wasn't Rose with Finn. Originally, it was Poe. But Ryan Johnson was bored with it. He said, literally, I could interchange Poe and Finn's lines and it didn't matter. It was just like a buddy cop team up, them trying to do this thing, you know, and it didn't work. So he implanted Rose. Now, Brando, when you're watching the second viewing and you're in that scene and you're you're doing all this scene on the planet and stuff, which uh, the guy that rats him out is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The yak face, dude. I, we forgot to mention that. So, uh, but, uh, Mark uh, Hamill also voiced a character on there as well. 
I I saw yeah I saw that. Uh, but uh, here's the thing, man. That is to set up Ryan Johnson's new trilogy. You think so? Because that little boy at the end who's in the stable with the Jedi powers is the lead-in that is going to spark a new generation of Star Wars stories that Ryan Johnson can really build something new and unique and fresh with. And look at what he did with this movie. Give him all the money and all the time, and I bet he makes something that we literally look at and revere like these other original Star Wars movies. Now, okay, let's also take this into uh, well, you know, in, into perspective. Is it fair to compare these movies to the movies of our childhood? It's not fair. It it really isn't because those movies did something for the seventies and eighties that was magical. Those movies were fucking lightning in a bottle, and it's and it is very unfair to say, well, how does Last Jedi compare to Re- to Return of the Jedi? <laughs> it, well. The thing is this, Brando. These movies are okay. I I think about it like with all this the hate and stuff that's going on. I think about everything that's happening and why would this happen? Why would someone be so fickle about Star Wars? As I said earlier, the not getting their way plays into it. But another thing is is that they're just nitpicking because they're Star Wars fans, and they're trying to find a reason to nitpick. I want to read something. Someone, uh, Gus Krieger, posted this on Facebook. I don't personally know Gus, but he wrote this, and I want to just give him some credit. This is his nitpicking of Empire Strikes Back, okay? So I think is- I saw this, and it, and it was like, what if that movie were, were released today, and what would people who are complaining about this movie say about that movie if it were released today? Gus says this, this Empire Strikes Back movie doesn't make any sense at all. So they blow up the Death Star, but the Empire is just like not affected. They can still show up anywhere and do anything. Glad so many rebel pilots sacrificed themselves in A New Hope, I guess. Plus, uh, I don't think humans can survive in the Arctic overnight with just a coat and some animal intestines. It's called Biology 101. And since when can smugglers use lightsabers? Oh, and I guess now we have ghosts in this universe, too. Ugh. Not to make mention of the insane tiny frog person who apparently is the galaxy's greatest Jedi master. Give me a break. And while Luke's training Han and Leia, who have no impact on the overall plot, get captured in like two seconds, so when Luke goes to rescue him, he's done his massive grand Jedi training in like, what, 48 hours? Makes no sense. And don't even get me started on this I am your father horse shit. The whole entire galaxy invader just happened to be passing over his freaking estranged son's home planet when he lost the Death Star plans one movie earlier? Shake my head. And oh my god, the ultimate cheap-ass machina when Leia just insinuates they should turn around and go pick up dangling Luke. The franchise has officially jumped the shark. Hoping Mark Wan can turn it around for episode six, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> now, that's how they sound, Brando. Yeah. All right. So it was on Saturday night. I received a message from our uh, good old friend, Nick Torres. Okay. Um, he's, he hasn't been on the show for a long time. Uh, but that's mostly be. due to, like, uh, you know, scheduling and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um. 
So he, he sends me this message, and, I, and I'm just going to read all, all, all these messages because um, we had a pretty good conversation with it, I feel. He says, Stone, dot, dot, dot. I feel like I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help He's me? quoting Kylo. Dot, 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 dot. I didn't like The Last Jedi. And then Uh-oh. he says, um, okay, so then he sends me a screenshot of something that he said to Blaine. And he said, boy, that was rough. Uh, Finn's story was rough. The lack of any payoff with Snoke or Ray. The CGI casino. Benicio Del Toro. Phasma's still not cool. But hey, at, at least we got a cool lightsaber sing. And the more artistic destruction of, of, like of a, and the most dis- artistic destruction of a Star Destroyer fleet ever. In time, I'll probably grow, it'll probably grow on me, but my issue is with the writing, and I can't forgive that. I like most of the cinematography, action, and acting. He goes, I pretty much told people to ignore the story and look at the pretty scenes and laugh at its jokes and enjoy the characters. And uh, I pretty much told him exactly what I told you, that the whole side quest thing kind of bothers me, and I, and I feel like they tried to cram too much in with that. Like, I get it. They were trying to uh, establish the relationship between Finn and Rose, and then also with this uh, have, like, the little dichotomy with possibly uh, someone betraying them, like an Empire Strikes Back. But he said, yeah, I'm pretty much on, on the same page. The movie pacing suffered from some unnecessary story arcs. The casino was so bad that at one point I actually thought that uh, thought, thought that track was going to be for pod racing, which I, I did too. Actually, my first thought was was uh, was Swoop Bike uh, from Kotar. Nice. Uh, and I will say the little boy uh, being a force user kind of gave it a little payoff for me, but overall, so pointless. I also I feel like they played around a bit too much with the force ghost thing to the point that it almost felt more breaking. And I said. Um, and, and this is kind of where I stand overall, that my overall absolute final thoughts about this film, probably going to have to wait to see what they do with nine. Number one, it's a trilogy. So there you go. I can tell you what my thoughts are on the film as a whole, but that might change to like the whole like side quest thing might change if they really pay that off in nine, uh, because it would have been established here, even if it was sort of like uh, pacing breaking to me. And I said, I was reflecting back a little today, seeing that so many people don't like The Last Jedi, and thinking, yeah, it's not perfect, but have we ever really gotten that in a Star Wars? I mean, sure, the writing is bad in places, and you know it has its share, but what if Lucas had directed this? Imagine what this movie would have been like, this script, with George Lucas directing it. I'm like, that whole side quest scene would have been even longer. Imagine 20-somethings in 83 coming off of Empire Strikes Back. And then they, you know... They're so hyped up. Like, that's the best freaking movie of all time. And here we are. We're going to get the payoff. We're going to get Luke versus Vader. You know, we're going to get another Death Star scene. Everything. This whole culmination of this. And the Empire loses to teddy bears. Yep. I mean, and then uh, I'm like, and that same movie has one of the best character closings ever with Vader saving his son, choosing him over the darkness, you know. And he said, true, and I also realized that this movie isn't without merit. I did, I did love certain scenes, and the forced FaceTime calls between Kylo and Ray were some of the best dialogue the franchise has to offer. I think watching Rogue One in Episode 7 beforehand, as well as hearing, that, hearing the earlier reviews saying it was better than Empire, only set this movie up for failure. I do, to, I do intend to see it again in IMAX. 
here soon, so that maybe that will help my opinion. But as it stands now, he gave me his rundown, his his ranking, without even me I mean, me saying anything. And his uh, his 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 last. I'll, I'll go from his his least favorite to his most favorite. Sure, please do. I'd love to hear it. Uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, um, Revenge of the Sith, The Last Jedi. That's like so. Uh, it's like right above the prequels for him. A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Rogue One, Force Awakens, and Empire. Interesting list. Yeah, you know, um, you know. Of course, we all gave our lists to uh, near the end of the uh, of, of episode one seventy. But I wanted to read that because it was like coming from somebody who came open about how he didn't like it and gave his reasons. It wasn't being necessarily nitpicky. And, like, the writing at some points is not the greatest. But I I guess I'm just, like, I see where he's coming from about being maybe too hyped for it. Because uh, it was almost like that way for me with Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Everybody I talked to said that movie was freaking awesome. Best superhero movie ever made. And I watched it, and I was so let down by it because of that. If I had watched it, without anybody telling me how good it was and having just had the lead up by myself, it probably would have been very cool. But because of that, it never lived up to what I expected that movie to be. And that might be a problem here because there were reviews saying this was better than Empire. And that's, to some people, that might be, but that is a hard task to take in when you're dealing with nostalgia. You're going to be combating people's nostalgia at that point. So then they're going to come into this and if you're just setting this up for failure in that way, you're automatically going to like get people who, well, you said it was this, when there's this, this, and this, and this, and this wrong with it. Instead of, like, if they went into it without the reviews, maybe they would be more kind to some of the flaws. Because every single Star Wars movie has flaws. Every last one of them. Everything Even Empire. Even Empire. Just, just like you said when that guy read that or, or made that little review. There are flaws in that story. A New Hope, for Christ's sake. Return of the Jedi, there's flaws in that story. Don't even get me started on like on the prequel stuff. You know, so, like, but it is that, like, Star Wars has always been a group project. This is for, meant for everybody in the audience, from, from an older person to a little kid. Being mystified, like, like BB-8 and those little porgs and, you know, some of the comedy stuff. Sometimes that's more kid-oriented. That's what draws us in. And then as we get older, we don't remember that as much because we're looking at how great the story was. Meanwhile, as kids, we were like, oh, dude, remember the R2 thing? When he's on, like, when, like when he shoots the lightsaber out at, out at Luke or, or when like they're on the Death Star and R2's like, oh, yeah, and he stops his trash compactor. Or, you know, as, like as a kid, remember when BB-8 was like driving around the ATST and all that stuff? You know, that's going to be more like what our generation of kids see that, and they're going to go, whoa, that'll BB-8 dude's cool. And we're like, dude, the Luke stuff, the Kylo Ren stuff, that shit was almost magic in this movie. Yes. And so The the Last Jedi is a very, very... And Star Wars in general, is very, you, you have to be patient with it. You're never going to get, in a true Star Wars film, an artistic masterpiece. 
because it's so difficult to do that in that. You know, I actually read this. Um, this was a quote, um, and, and I'm actually going to use this to segue into another problem that I have that, that's been going around. But Mark Hamill was talking about, in A New Hope, they just got out of the trash compactor. And they were doing some more scenes after that, right after. And then he, uh, Mark Hamill realized, hey, shouldn't our hair be wet? We just got out of the water, you know? You know, like it's, it, it's, it doesn't like make it make any sense that our hair would like be dry. And Harrison Ford slapped him on the shoulder and said, it's not that kind of movie, kid. Huh. And like. Interesting. Um, and I mean, and this is a young Harrison Ford who hadn't been in a whole lot yet. He wasn't the big Hollywood star that he would go on to be. But. Here lately, I've been seeing people post stuff saying, what Mark Hamill's true feelings on this movie? And they're splicing together clips from before this movie came out, mixed with little clips that he said after the movie has come out, and they're misrepresenting uh, Mark Hamill and what he's got to say about this. Because a lot of his dissatisfaction was coming in. He didn't like his role in, in, like, in The Force Awakens. He didn't like it at all. He's like, no, dude, that's not what I want. Dude, I want to be on screen with, you know, with, with Harrison and Carrie and Chewie. I want to be on screen with everybody again, you know, have that old, have that big moment with all of us. And then, so he was a little salty. But it wasn't until, you know, sitting down and reading the script, you know, people saying he didn't like his role in episode eight. He didn't until him and Ryan sat down and talked about it. And Ryan presented his case. Mark presented his case. And they worked together to make this character something. Because Mark has an idea in his head how Luke would be. But for the story, Ryan's like, no, he's kind of like this. So I think, and it kind of seems, seems to me that, that this is the case, they met in the middle somewhere, and they took the creative vision and they went with it and said, well, obviously we don't want to do this if you're going to be so unhappy with it. You're Mark fucking Hamill. You are Luke Skywalker. And Mark said in an, inter said in an interview that I just read that... Throughout the make, you know, he said once th during the making, he's like, you know, because they're making suggestions. He goes, well, you know, like, what, like, what do the fans want to see? And Ryan's like, no, 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 we can't think about that. We have to think about what we want to see. You know, it, don't ever make a movie based on what the fans want to see. It'll and be that, a and shit that, show. Well, that's and that's true for any film, no matter how beloved it is by fans at all. You're you're planting stuff in there that you're certain the fans are going to like, but you have to make this movie for you first, just like any sort of piece of art. And let's take music. If you're in a band and you get into a big band situation where you're one of the biggest rock bands of all time, your fan base is going to be your most you know, like it's it's so judgmental. Everything you do is wrong, uh, no matter how good it is. So why bother about that? You worry about what you're doing, release it, and you're going to get people who love it, and you're going to get people who are critical of it. There's not that's not going to stop. So, I mean, that whole thing with them taking interviews with Mark that's really bugged me because it's like I saw the, somebody shared this and goes check this out, and I watched it, and they just spliced clips together, and you, and you didn't get a full answer out of any of those clips, and I'm like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Well, Mark Hamill is a very smart dude, and he sees the longevity of this character. He just became 
Sir Alec Guinness of this generation, like straight up, you know, when he when his role ends in that movie, it is so perfect for this universe and it's everything this universe needs and it's that it's weird because it's a little bit of hope in a dark moment and that's another thing the movie preaches is that in the darkest moments you'll still find hope now i watched this review of the film and spoiler alert guys luke dies in this movie right i don't think we i i expected that going in <laughs> like seriously I would have been yeah. surprised if Luke made it through. But I liked the way they did it, and it makes sense. And this review was talking about, because you and I said that they, you know, and even Nick was saying the whole Force Ghost thing and projecting yourself was almost kind of overdone. But it was done to a point that established it when you figured it out. It did it enough that when the twist was there, you understood exactly what was happening with him not actually being there. And then we discussed that, well, it was like you were there, but you weren't, but like, because Kylo's hand was wet, or they could feel each other's touch. So the lightsaber must have hurt him. You know, that must have killed Luke. But this guy's theory was he telled himself. And I don't know if you understand what that means. I'm sure Sarah no. would. In Final Fantasy IV, there is a character named Tella, and he's a mage. And he is trying to, ta- to avenge his daughter, okay. who got killed by Golbez. Okay. Or was responsible. I can't remember if it's Golbez killed her, killed her or if he was responsible. Anyway, Tella is pulling out all these stops to kill this bastard. Like, the whole party, you're defeated. Well, that dude, he gets back up and he keeps going. And keeps going. You're like, dude, no, you can't. And he keeps going. He turns his HP into, M- into MP. Whoa. He turns his life force into his mana. And sucks from his life force to try and kill this guy. Whoa. And think about it. Luke has been cut off from the force for so long. He was very powerful in the force. And think about how strong of a projection it must have been to not only project yourself. Project yourself in that sort of manner where everybody sees you. And you're you're touching in people to the point of where they can feel your touch. Or does he actually touch anybody? He kisses Leia on the forehead. You're right. So there, and then he hands over the dice from the from the, from the Falcon, which weren't real. Which weren't real. He he manifested the dice. And think about how taxing this must be. He's on a planet remote, doing this to a, to find their exact location, key in on that, and force project himself there long enough for them to get away. And 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 it makes more sense now. Once they went like like once he said tell it himself, I'm like, there it is. Okay, I get it. It wasn't the like necessarily the lightsaber like the lightsaber wounds. He was just so far gone from the force that that took every last in, like, inch of energy out of him to do that. And he would every day be willing to do that to help them. And see, the thing is, is that I actually saw this. Uh, I saw a meme where it, it went through. The four phases of Luke Skywalker in each movie. Episode four. Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you, princess. Episode five. But my friends will die if I don't save them. Episode six. I have to try and save them. They're still good in him. Episode seven. Get off my island. Go away. Get off my lawn. You know, and it's like, 
you know, somebody was like complaining. He's like, this isn't Luke Skywalker. It's not Luke Skywalker anymore. That's the point. Exactly. That like somebody was complaining. He's like, I don't want to see this movie because this is not representing Luke Skywalker. I'm like, that's yeah, he's not anymore. He he had to find that part of himself again. Jake Skywalker. <laughs> he had to find Luke Skywalker again. He had to he had to want to go help them again. He was so ashamed of what he had done. He it, him and Ben, that was the most intense battle of light and dark within Luke Skywalker there ever been because that was the easy way out. Yep. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. He was afraid of Ben. Yep. He was willing to kill his own nephew for a splitting second, for just a split second. And that was a temptation of the dark side. And Luke has never been altruistic. He's never been perfect. The, he uh, almost went dark in six. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't. And then nope. he didn't hear again. God, that's so powerful. And Absolutely. that's something that this movie just captures. It's like Luke's struggle. There's never he's a Skywalker. I mean, think about the family. Think about his dad. And think think of Anakin and how he was so afraid. The fear of losing Padme was enough. Mm-hmm. And then it, 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 it was the struggle. He he wanted he, his instincts told him to stop Palpatine. He's a Sith Lord. He's evil. He's bad. We need to stop him but he can help me. I don't want to lose Padme. It wasn't, I want to save Padme. It was selfish. I don't want to lose her. Him doing it to save her, he thought he was doing it for her. He felt like it, but it was for him. Mm-hmm. You know? And the, almost the same thing for Luke. I you just imagine what it would be with the realization of another Vader. How could he stop him? I don't want that. So let's end it. No, I can't. This isn't right. Boom, too late. Then the most perfect thing and the most poetic thing he said, and he goes, the last thing I saw were the frightened eyes of a small child. And that was the final push to the dark side for Ben Solo. If the master could betray me like that. Exactly. And it's so perfect. It's so it's awesome because then yes Luke would like go away. He would live in shame. That's his biggest failure. He would isolate himself. No more. I caused all of this damage. All of this, you know, what's going to fall into the galaxy. It's my fault. I failed the Jedi. I failed Ben. I failed Leia. I failed Han. And I have to live with that. So I'll go here. I don't deserve to live anymore. And it's sad and depressing. But then he has his own character arc. Absolutely. He has his own character arc in this movie. It's not just he's there. You know, because Han, in episode seven, doesn't really have a big character arc. When, when no. He, he's I just mean, trying to get redemption from his son. That I mean, he's trying. Uh, he He's sort of along for the ride, and then gets kind of like wrapped back in with his kid, and... We got to stop the resistance. It, it, it's almost kind of like the same way with four, because because he doesn't. He's sort of just kind of along for the ride, and, but then he does have a personal stake in this one. Well, well, with Luke, it's different. Him training Ray 
he's waking himself back up to the force and then him admitting the, the like the truth to her his scene with with yoda it, it he's back to being the student again you know i don't know if i said it in the episode but who did anakin always listen to even after he wasn't a student yoda well there's yoda but who else obi obi yep whenever obi-wan said something anakin took that as heed who did mace windu always listen to even if he disagreed Yoda. Yoda, yep. You know, and it's like you're even though you you've kind of you're not the you're not the student anymore when your master has advice, you heed it because it's in the teachings it's sort of like it. It's like you listen to your subordinate or your subordinate so like even when you've kind of like out of that, so you always respect your elders. And it Again, I don't know, I can't remember where we started, but we were just, you know, we're riffing on all the stuff that's been going on within this movie. Did you know that uh, Snoke trained one other apprentice? I did not. It doesn't surprise me. But I don't, again, so did uh, so did Sidious, or the Emperor. So did Vader. And those yep. were those were revealed inside comic books and novels. And never came into the main story, which is why I don't know if it's. I don't think it's going to actually come into the main story because I think this is Kylo's story. Yeah. Or you know, I think this is the story of Kylo Ren and him killing Snoke in this movie was him was them number one not following the trend of you know the master and the apprentice going forward. It's like now he is it. He is, he the, is leader. the master. Yep. And where, what, what would happen if Vader would have killed Palpatine instead? At that moment, you know, what would what would be a scene with a Vader in, in control of the Galactic Empire? You know, it, it would be a much different story. So that's kind of what we're getting here, and that's kind of exciting because we get to see this young, unfinished, trained uh, Sith-ish. Because I'm not going to call him a straight Sith because he really isn't. But, um. We is get the trans Sith. Is that that's not bad, right? I don't know if that's appropriate. Okay, well, I wasn't trying to be inappropriate. I was just saying, you know, he isn't quite, you know, maybe he's a little still Jedi on the inside. Well, and that's he has all that I'm saying. He has that struggle with the light. He does, and that's the cool thing is that what both movies have done. They they they've taken that struggle with the light and pushed him even further away from it. So like in the first movie or in episode seven, it's the it's the you see his struggles with the light. He admits it to Vader's masks, you know, to his mask, and he's like, "I feel it, the pull of the light." It's and it's a struggle. And then later on with Han, and he knows that to to do what he to do what what he's on his path to do, he has to kill his father, but he doesn't want to. Yep. And but he does with, you could say it was Han's help with that, um, but. And then, then in this one, it's, it's Ray reaching out to him, and Snoke talking to him the way he is. And then in that moment, he could have made that choice to turn away from this, to go in a different path. But he's already been exposed to this darkness. So yep. his natural next habitat, or his or like his next step in this habitat, would be right. Instead of taking a left, I go right, because it, it, it's the whole Anakin thing. When Padme confronted Anakin. After being told by Obi-Wan all that he'd done. And she goes, 
And then once he's saying all the stuff, it's like, oh my God, he, he, he wasn't lying. And Anakin's like, what are you talking about, Obi-Wan? What did he say to you, you know? You know, she's like, she's getting upset. He goes, no, no, don't, you don't get it. I'm doing this for us. We can be together now. Don't worry about, you know, Palpatine. I'm more powerful than he is. I can overthrow him. Then it could be me and you together. He's already down. He, he His frame of mind work is already skewed. And he's thinking of, you know, he's not thinking right, man. And then so when you get to Ben, his natural choice is not to go to the good. It's like, let's go over here because then take come with me. Because then you and me, we can learn, we can grow together, you know. And then he was trying to reach out to her and turn her like she was to him. And I almost sounded like Kermit the Frog there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he was trying to trying to turn her like, you know, like she was to him. And, and he put his hands out and was like, you know, who are your parents? And she's like, nobody. He's like, yeah, they were nobody, but you're not nobody to me. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and she's like, oh, Kylo. For some reason, Miss Piggy's Ren or Ray in this movie. Ren or Ray. Come on now. Yeah, it's like, too perfect. Uh, but it's that same thing there. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's the light in the dark pool. Ooh, weird. Ray is a Y. Ren is an N. Yes, yes and no. Or no. Yeah. That's interesting. Ugh. Um. Now... Uh, uh, Tyler, he was on our episode. He went and saw the next day with his uncle. Ooh, yeah. And uh, when they got to the casino scene, and it's funny, but his uncle nudged him and said, Lando. Oh. That would have been awesome. I th- Wasn't that the plan, though? Didn't no. Ryan Johnson say no. that? No, well, he, he had thought about it. But then he was thinking about the story as a whole and how this character that they meet, though, this codebreaker, was supposed to betray them. And he didn't want the nostalgia factor. Oh, here's Lando. Awesome. Because he sort of transcended the villain role. And then, of course, betray him. And then have him do that again. Because it wouldn't make sense. Because Leia is a friend. Chewie's a friend. Han was a friend. He In an empire, he didn't betray them because he was evil. He betrayed them because he was thinking about the people of Cloud City. Yeah, he had no choice. His hands were tied. Exactly. He, Vader and the Empire were already there. He didn't really have much of a choice. So, I mean, it is what it was. And but and then afterwards, he he made it. He tried to do his best to make up for it. And obviously, they didn't trust him at first. But then, you know, by the end of the whole thing, he was one of the you know key generals in the attack against the Death Star. So he played a big role in that. So yes, it would have been cool. But the only way to play that would be is if they got caught and he didn't betray them. You know? And so then they had to make their way out with him. And so they he would have been with Finn and Rose when they got back to the salt planet. See, I think they could have used Lando and made a little of a comedy moment out of Canto Bright. Because what you could have done was had Lando gambling at the casino and Finn beelines it like, are you my father? Like, it's a callback to Empire. Are you my father? And he's like, no, kid. We don't even look alike, you know? And like, Have him be like, I ain't got no kids that I'm aware of. Exactly, <laughs> a, exactly. Have him even go, I don't think so. <laughs> have him, like, even that kind of question himself. Uh, that would have been funny. But, see, then, of course, like, it would have been cool to have, like, 
another scene of him being there to help out his old friends and uh, coming back in to help Leia. And then there's there's the Falcon, his old ship with Chewie and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. maybe maybe episode nine. I, I, I'm hoping so, because I think I think we deserve a Lando uh, cameo at best. Yeah. Well, if they're going to do any kind of a funeral scene or any memorialization that would be, of Leia, that would be the place to put with it. With her being gone and they're, them still needing a sort of path to the past for the Resistance, having like because they killed Akbar. Yep. So they're being like, because you can actually, at this point, you don't need it. Uh, two movies in, you could actually just put in a new, uh, a new uh, character being in the lead and just roll with it. Nobody would even question it. But if you want that and that, that little hint of nostalgia, the only other character that's still around that would be a big like nostalgia leader role would be Lando. And Land, uh, how cool would it be to have Lando be like the guy now who's in charge of the resistance? Because he's because maybe he's like when they said that nobody's responding, maybe they may, maybe he was on his way. Maybe they, some, maybe he was an ally. Maybe he's somewhere else and he's got some people. And, uh, you know, they meet in the middle somewhere, and it's like, hey, 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 that's my ship. <laughs> He's like, 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 Chewie, you sorry old son of a gun. <laughs> what? See, so you replaced that dish up there. <laughs> oh, man, this ship got me through a lot of hard times. Like, what can I help you with? And it's like, things are bad, all right? Oh, geez. Come on in. Let's have a... Have a drink and talk about it, and then that could be uh, that, that. That is so badly written. That that's like worse written than anything that's in the last year. <laughs> I thought you were going to have him step onto the Falcon and r- remark on the Porgs. <laughs> my my, what do we have here? It's in the wires and everything. <laughs> Try to eat one. How much meat's even on these things? <laughs> I like that they didn't use the porgs, like overuse them or make them a, too much of a point. They're just kind of there. Yeah, they had they served a great purpose because there are native birds on that island called puffins, and they look kind of like porgs. So they just made porgs so that in the long shots, if you saw birds flying around, they weren't just birds from Earth. <laughs> they were outer space birds. Uh, let's shift gears here a little bit brando because i think we've got another it's funny we're shifting from episode eight to season eight episode eight of season eight uh the walking dead mid-season finale happened last week two weeks ago by the point Mm -hmm. this is out so i watched it i want to get your thoughts before i say anything i didn't hate it at all Um, okay i think it's I've had enough time to sit on it, and I got spoiled before the episode actually, like, before I saw it. Uh, I don't like what they did, uh, doing that to Carl off-screen like that. Uh, granted, they haven't really given me a reason to care for about a season and a half or the, about, about this character. True. They haven't done a whole lot with him. And so it's important to Rick, of course, and to Michonne at this point, uh, that this character be gone, but... For me as a fan, it's like, I don't feel anything. I just feel like, oh, okay, uh, this is going to be important. Now, I have actually theorized that, you know, in the comics, we got to that big death with 
Andrea just recently, and it seems like they're doing more of a crisscross. They're not doing a straight adaptation. They're putting a little bit of this from this and a little bit of this from the book here now. You know, so we got that whole scene that was Negan and Rick in the house. We got that with uh, Father Gabriel and Negan in that trailer. And mm-hmm. so we're getting a little bit of a different kind of all-out war here. And what spoiled me about Carl's death, because I was staying away from spoilers, and it was the picture of Carl on IGN. Boo. And it, says, and it was um, uh, Walking Dead character's father speaks out about about the actor's exit. And I'm like, so they did something with Carl? I'm like, so I read it, and the dude was like, yeah, we and my son, we trusted Scott Gimple. He said he wanted him around for three more years, and he lied to him, and he told him at the last minute, and he sat down with him and let him go. And then he deleted the whole post. <laughs> and I have a couple theories as to why they did it. Sure, let's hear him. I would love to hear him. Number one, they didn't want to see GSI. Okay. Which my fix would be put a damn eye patch on him. Put the governor. That's the whole point. A little like wink, nudge, nudge. You can't wink with a... one eye. It's just blinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking to see who wrote this episode. I'm hopeful that this decision doesn't stick. Uh, well, I mean, either that Walker had dentures, or it was a whisperer, like I had said to you off the air. Love that concept. Um, but having this character go, it makes you wonder where they're gonna ultimately go because it's it's. It is a big twist. It, it it's not really like the way that I would kill the character off, and that's fine. But for us as fans, even even of the books, it's like Carl's sort of been like, you know, the apprentice. He's like the guy that's going to take charge if Rick ever goes or Maggie ever goes. Who's the next big leader? Well, it's Carl because people are going to look up to him, and he kind of did that here in this episode. He still he stood up and he took charge, and people listened to him. Um. But then it ends for him, and it's ending for him. And I really liked that he was down, when they were all down in the sewers, he was with uh, his sister. You know, she he was hugging her, you know, spending time with her before he goes. Yep. And I don't think it's going to be the end of me watching the series. It is a questionable decision, to say the least. I don't think it's that bad. Because, as I said, they really haven't made me care about the character anyway. So what was their plans for him? Obviously, he's going to be going to college. So as an actor, as a as a person, the guy, the kid playing the playing Carl, I can't remember his name, my fan, sorry. Chandler Riggs? Chandler Riggs, there you go. Always on the money, Nate. Trying to be. You know, because I guess he was really going to put it off while he, while he was still working on the show. Now, now he doesn't have to. He can just go to college and work on other stuff because he had said that, he goes, while it took me by surprise, this does free me up to do other stuff because <laughs> I'm not limited to just The Walking Dead anymore. And it's got pluses and negatives. Where do you take it? For me, the pay, like the the overall scene or, or, or the overall act of doing it off screen, 
because uh, you don't. I mean, we're 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 in season eight. Do you really need to see someone get bit to explain the what it means? Um, no. But it does kind of lose a little a little bit of impact. But it also leads to him doing everything that he's doing. Kill me, you know. The whole dialogue with Negan was awesome. Yeah. Kim kind of calling Negan out because he's no longer afraid to die because he knows he's dead. Yeah. I mean, he yes, he doesn't want to die, but he knows he's going to die. So if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it because I'm dead anyway, pal. That's why he wrote the letter. Yeah. Which that'll be something for the mid-season premiere. And then think about where Rick is, having lost Carl, still having to face Negan and get to a point where he doesn't kill Negan. Because, okay, what would make me stop watching the show is if they killed Negan. I agree with that, too. So, like, if they get to the point where they kill Negan, that's, that's like, like what, what are you doing at that point? Because of where they've taken him in the books, uh, he's, he's like the most important or second most important character to me in the books. Like, next to Rick. I agree. So, if you kill him off at the end of All Out War, then, to me, that's just a shame. And I... Wouldn't really know. It's like he has so much more development to, to be to be had. Same that's with Carl. I'm so upset. Yeah, that's Same why with I'm Carl. So upset with Carl. Same with Carl. But really, they haven't. I mean, what real development other than a few things here and there have they done? I mean, they did the whole thing with him and you know with the thing where he lost his eye, and then they did the whole thing with him and Negan, then him and that one girl, uh, Enid. Enid. Weird ass name, and then from there it's like, hmm, he's there. And this season, he's had like two scenes prior to this last episode. One was the, a weird flash forward. Well, yes, and I, and I guess he wasn't even uh, from what I hear because I don't remember it that well. But it said that you only heard him in the background; you didn't actually see him. Really? I'm certain that Rick walked by him. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. Need to go back and watch that. Maybe that walker does have false teeth. Possible. I mean, there's a lot of different things, Brando. I thought about it. I said this to you. It's like, what if this is maybe a Carl plan (laughs) that is trying to trick Negan into thinking Carl's off the board? So now you have somebody who has been freed up, and what if... Carl is going to be the one that non-kills Negan. They think he's dead. They think he's off the board. All this great sadness has happened. Rick is at his... Are you telling me that he made Siddick bite him? Maybe, yes. Actually, (laughs) he's like, listen, man, this is going to sound fucking strange, but I need you to take a bite out of me and be for real, you know, and mean it. Yeah, but then the whole pale skin, the sweating, it's... Sort of well, telltale. I mean, you're right. He does have the symptoms. He could also just have the flu. I, I mean, there's, there's. I, I'm hopeful because I feel like this is a terrible decision. I feel like the gold, the actual pure gold of The Walking Dead, has just been snuffed out in in TV show form. Because the gold that I was waiting on, the thing that had me stoked to get through All Out War, was Negan sitting in a jail cell. Carl on the other side of that cell and him being mentored by Negan and what does that mean you know 
there's interesting character development in that and what it means for Carl to go down that path. For Maybe this it won't be, be Carl then. Yeah, but that's I don't like that. Who who is gonna benefit? Is is it gonna be fucking Daryl? That's that doesn't make sense. Like they've just taken things that could make sense and taken them off the board. It's weird. I heard that AMC is in a lawsuit right now with Robert Kirkman. Did you know that? Mm, yes, um, yes, I did know that, and that and that was well before the season was started airing, uh, because it's a very similar lawsuit. Uh, that had to do with uh, Frank Darabont. Yeah, the guy who directed the first episode. Well, he also developed the series for air. Like, he pitched this to networks and whatnot. Oh. And then he got snuffed out. And it was over royalty fees, and they feel like they deserved more money, essentially. He's like, we need more money out of this, a higher percentage than what you were supposed to be paying. I don't know the fine details. I'd have to look up the article, but I remember reading that a while back. Yeah, it's weird. I just, I don't know. It's weird because it's like, is this a power play by somebody? Like, here, this is the decision we're making because we're in this legal battle with the guy that created this series, you know? I just... I don't understand, man. It's... Uh, it's This is something that affects me as a watcher because I'm a big comic fan. And they've done a really good job of doing things one way or the other willy-nilly, mixing some stuff up. Uh, but I think they've just made some poor choices here. I felt like... This all-out war storyline was doing really good in season eight. It was building towards something special, and then I think out of nowhere, it just uh, it got the fucking wind sucked out of it. You know, it's like this this possible Carl death if this sticks. I don't think it looks good for the show either. You know, now all you've got left is what Rick and Daryl, Rick, Daryl, and Carol. The big three, the remaining three. What is this? Orange barrels with Rick, Daryl, and Carol. <laughs> there goes Rick, Carol, and Daryl standing next to the orange barrel, pissing off my wife named Meryl, <laughs> who's looking back at me. Yeah, you know what's up. That's some Bob and Tom from Bob and Tom show. Man, that's a long time ago, right there. That's that's maybe where my love for radio started. Yeah, same. The old, those old clips and stuff. I, you don't really reflect on that until you're kind of in this moment. And I was just like, wow. Wow. They they were really clever, Bob and Tom. Yeah, you know, Bob, man, he's all retired now. Yeah. And uh, he actually came back a few weeks ago. Really? And, um, Tom was off on a day because his daughter was having brain surgery. She has a tumor or had a tumor. Terrifying. And uh, he was gone and Bob came in to fill in for him. That's kind of awesome. Hey, we yeah, got the special guest fill in. He's only the legendary Bob from Bob and Tom. Yeah, he's he's like the damn namesake of the show. It's weird not to have Bob and Tom on the Bob and Tom show. Doesn't it make is, but I mean, sense. He, I mean, he's old man. He's been doing it forever. He he's still smoking like a chimney. I'm sure. Oh God, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. I uh, the future of The Walking Dead. Just to get back to it is definitely in in flux. I'm happy with the comics. We talked about 174, 175 right around the corner here on the new year. This is our go-home show before the new year. This is the last one for us for 2017, Brando. I think we had a really successful 2017. We launched a network. We've launched some shows. Oh, man. Uh, Nick Maxson just posted to the uh, Nerds of the Roundtable uh, Facebook group. 
not affiliated with our Nerds of the Roundtable podcast. But it's called Choose Your Own Adventure, Star Wars, Episode 9, The Blank of the Blank. And it has, like, you know, this here, and it says, quote, no childhood ruin guarantee. Choose from over 4,276,347 endings. By not Ryan Johnson, not J.J. Abrams, only the greatest Star Wars expert, you. It's dead on. <laughs> uh, so back to what I was saying. I was getting sappy, damn it. I'm sorry, dude. I saw that, and it just totally de- like derailed me. I'm like, we, dude, we have to add that on. That's great. This is our last show of 2017, Brando. It is, man. Uh, we've had a great run for this year. You know, we came in pretty strong, and we had the whole LaFeeCon bit where we got to host panels on a con, not just do a live show. And we're all set awesome. to be, we're all set to be doing that again this year. That's awesome and, too. Uh, that'd be great. You know, we you know we've launched the network. It was a scary thing because we like jumped in before we even really knew what we were doing. We just now we have friends. ten shows. Yeah, now we have some you know <laughs> ten shows, and you know we've gotten all of our friends into it. And uh, you know we you know, we launched a Patreon. We're doing exclusive content over there. And then you know we've got we're well on our way to doing uh, you know episode two hundred this summer. So it's gonna be great. No, a couple things also to note for 2017. Well, and and you know into 2018, 2017, Brando. Uh, I just recently was interviewed for Podcasting Smarter. It's Podbean's yeah. official podcast. They are podcast dot That's how official they are. They're just podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but Jennifer over there interviewed me. You can check it out, Podcasting Smarter. Uh, it's on, like I said, on Podbean, iTunes, and stuff like that. It was uh, a great was a interview. Of, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to be over on that show, and she had some interesting questions for me. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel too on the spot, but it was nice to be on the other side of the table being interviewed instead of being the interviewer, mm-hmm. as it were. I thought it was a really cool episode, and, and you really represented the uh, the whole network, uh, you know, really well. And it, and it was also really cool that she had already checked out literature, yeah, and didn't even make the connection that it was through us uh, right right off the bat. She had just found it independently, and you know, because she, because she's a big book nerd, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was it was super exciting. From that though, leads in the reason I'm talking about this because the next time you're gonna hear us, folks. And this is very important. We want everyone to tune in, uh, share the hell out of next week's episode, talk about it, get in touch with us, because the next time you hear us, which will be 2018, it will actually be New Year's Day 2018. And Brando, we are bringing something really cool to the thing. We're bringing back Nerds of the Roundtable uh, discussion. This will be the third one. And it's going to be a part of the Journey into Comics feature week on the Podbean site, uh, one of the two weeks that were actually featured because uh, as the nine shows that are on the .com for Journey into Comics go, getting the first week of January, the very following week of January, Brando, Game Addicts Podcast gets their own feature for a week. That's super awesome. Hashtag blessed. Hell yeah, we are, man. So it's like a nice little kickoff to 2018 and uh, you know some more visibility for us. Really grateful for everything Podbean does. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add today, Brando. Do you? Not really, man. Uh, it's been a great couple of weeks. A great couple of uh, you know shows here from us here on uh, you know across all shows here on the network. I really can't wait for Feature Week. 
you know, we're all going to be bringing our A game. We got a lot of cool things planned for a lot of the different shows that are, like that are going to be going live that week, and uh, I really cannot wait to hear what some of these shows uh, have to offer, um, you know, f- for the whole week. So it's going to be really neat to, since I'm not 100% involved with every show, to be able to hear what they bring to the table as well. And what their ideas are for the week. I know there's some really funny special things going on. Foodies is trying to plan some stuff, you know, uh, looking at the Oscars and whatnot. So it's, uh, it's a really groovy time, you know, in the network. Uh, but if that's going to do it for this week of Journey into Comics... Uh, as always, folks, get us on all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. We are now on Spotify. I'll say it again here, Spotify. Uh, we don't see your plays, though, from Spotify, which is kind of bizarre. They're still trying to figure all that out. So keep listening on Spotify, and we will hopefully see that you are doing that sooner rather than later. Uh, Folks, get us on all the different social media sites, whether it's on Facebook at Journey Into Comics Podcast, Instagram also at Journey Into Comics, and on the Twitter at JIC Network. Uh, Give us a five-star review on iTunes. We're we're at 30 reviews now, so that's pretty cool. We just got another one today, I think, which is pretty great. Uh, Brando, thanks so much for joining me on this festive, no-snow-on-the-ground Christmas episode of Journey Into Comics. Uh, it's always great to discuss things with you, and it's um, it's a Star Wars season, my friend. Always. It seems it's going to be that way kind of going forward with Episode Nine here in a few years. Yeah, uh, and then whatever, the season. whatever comes after that. Will we get an Episode 10? Who knows? Well, uh, if, if, they, if we do, hopefully, from what I'm hearing, Daisy Ridley's already said she's done after Episode Nine. She's out. Until 30 years later when she reprises her role as an old Ray. <laughs> an old Ray. Uh, Force ghost Ray. Who probably has gone a little gray. You got some wrinkles, gray Ray. <laughs> um, now, is is the Han Solo film coming out in May, or did that get pushed back? It's May 25th <laughs> of 2018. It's it's weird, but that's where they have it. So It makes you gonna... wonder how much Ron Howard was able to do with this film, you know? I, I think quite a bit. I feel like he's such an extraordinary filmmaker that he can take a pile of shit and make gold out of it, you know? Just I'm like, oh, so. this is what we have to work with. Okay, well, I know Han Solo. I like that. Have you ever seen Apollo 13? Yeah, I directed that shit, motherfucker. Let's go. Right? So Ron Howard was also in American Graffiti. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Who was directed also by George Lucas. Lucas the also had Harrison Ford in it. Weird. That is super weird. I never even put that all together. Huh. Interesting. Super interesting. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for this week of the Journey into Comics podcast. I have been your host, Nate Brando. Thank you so much for joining me. Always. All right. So for the JIC podcast, I'm Nate. I'm Brando. And we'll see you guys later. Have a great, fantastic Christmas and uh, fill your heads with Christmassy shit.